This is a News Laundry podcast. Welcome to NL Hafta. Hello and welcome to News Laundry Hafta, episode 19, is it? Yes. And uh, we have a very special guest today, Hartosh Bal from the caravan. Hi, Hartosh. Hi. Uh, before we start the hafta, I'd just like to uh, thank everybody for tuning into the hafta. It's become very popular in a very short amount of time. And I'd also like to apologize to Arunab. It has been brought to my notice that I was extremely aggressive last time when I was trying to drown out the crosstalk. And also, sorry, Manisha. Anand, did I cut you also? I don't think so. Okay. So I apologize. I'll try to be less aggressive. And even if I am, we'll edit it. Can I, yes, forgive me. <laughs> uh, what you got to hear was an edited uh, version, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. All the screaming was edited out. Don't be such a dick. You at least can tell people to keep quiet nicely. And I think you're a real jerk. So I said, okay, I'm sorry. Um, fine. That's your attitude. So anyway, thank you uh, for the hafta. Before we start, remember to get on to newsroy.com. Check out our Patreon news. I pay to keep news free campaign. When the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers are served. Uh, we have a list of stuff that we want to talk about, but since we have a guest, we let you start. Hartosh, what was spectacular or spectacularly bad in mainstream media for the past week? Uh, spectacularly bad, usually, because there's nothing spectacularly good this particular week. I'll just point out two examples. One is, of course, because it's our story, where reporter Trishan Kaushik did this wonderful story on the president using the president's office to uh, appoint his granddaughter with SR. Yes. Just now, uh, for our viewers who. Sure, I'll let, let me tell you this. So there's a whole mail trail which is connecting up with the fact that the president's office itself is actually mailing passport copies of the granddaughter, asking for a job, placing her in London with SR. This is a huge corporate. And it seems this is not the first time this president has done it. When he was finance minister, he's placed other people. There's a complete mail trail which decides this. Now, in a country where the finance minister and now the president is directly uh, interacting with a huge corporate, trying to gain favors, I can't imagine what is the worst illustration of crony capitalism in this country. And this story is not new, because everybody knows, knows that the SR mail trail already exists. And people were very happy to do the story in mainstream media. So you mean this wasn't just with you? This mail trail was with others as well? Oh, everybody has it. I, I mean, see. it reminds me in some ways, and I don't want to exaggerate because I think the SR story is just unfolding. This reminds me very much of the Radio Tapes episode, quite clearly. Because as the going gets tougher, as the stories get harder and come closer to centers of power, mainstream media seems to drop out of the picture. For our listeners who may not know, uh, Hartosh broke the Radia tape story. Our magazine did. Your so. magazine did, yeah. You worked on that. So, so you think it's that same syndrome? No one's picking the story up because... Look! Why wasn't it primetime viewing on TV? Primetime viewing? Forget primetime viewing. Even newspapers for whom I have some respect, Journalism of Courage, the Indian Express, was willing to run this as front page story when three journalists were involved. Those three journalists had to quit their jobs. Mm. And now the president is involved. The president has done much worse than those three journalists. Nobody is asking for accountability of the president. And that same paper which was running with this big story cannot mention a word of that story. To me, that is pretty ridiculous. Leave alone primetime news. What about the newspapers who are supposed to actually do a more responsible job, look at in depth this whole trail, this record? This is exactly what happened during the Radia tapes. It took a long while before other people were forced to follow stories. And I think this will happen with the SR tapes because I think there's a lot more material to follow, a lot more stories which will connect up with the establishment. What do you think, Anand Ranganathan? Ranganathan is also here. Sorry, as are Manisha and Arunab, Hello. who was abusive towards me before this started. <laughs> no, I think I completely second Hartosh. And I think um, uh, I don't know what is happening. Uh, <clears throat> the, more, uh, the more we say the press is getting freer, the press is getting bolder, it's actually, I would go so far as to say it's actually hiding the truth. Because uh, if, if you were to, I mean, unless there is some constitutional, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, diktat that you cannot speak ill of the president, which I'm sure there isn't. There isn't. Uh, uh, you know, I think it is unbelievable that our press has completely sidelined this story for the last month. And let me just, uh, you know, basically uh, uh, reiterate what has happened. Because I think DNA, uh, about two weeks ago, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically talked of essentially the same thing, not in as much detail as Caravan. But did. the granddaughter's part is new, basically. Yes, the, the granddaughter's part is new. They talked about what uh, the, he did while he was uh, in while the he FMO. Yes, so while he was the. 
finance minister. You know, that was a DNA story. It was completely buried. And now the caravan expose. So I think it's just, it's beyond shameful. And you know, last week the president, his, his uh, uh, I would say, condemnable remarks on Bofors. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know what is happening. Because, that was uh, week before last. That, that was Because yeah, I think we discussed that yes, the last yes, half. And we also, yeah, Are you so surprised, Manisha, with, uh, well, uh, just for our listeners, it was Krishan Kaushik's story. Story, yeah, absolutely. He's right. been doing a wonderful job with it. Yes, and hmm. let me just add here hmm. that I think, uh, uh, I mean, I for one am searching for answers why uh, even if the media is quiet, why are the politicians quiet? Why are the parties quiet? And I think one issue is that SR seems to have been, uh, you know, basically put their hand in the, you know, all the cookie jars. So, you know, they basically uh, helped out Nitin Gadkari. They, uh, you know, there is an association of uh, Ashish Khetan with SR and with Congress, of course, you know, the ex-finance minister and all that. So I think, uh, I think now the media has probably, as you know, I mean, you know, story breaks on uh, uh, in MSM, but it ga it gathers, uh, uh, you know, basically some kind of respectability or storm through Twitter, uh, and mm. also through politicians. You know, when they start talking about, when they start giving sound bites. Hmm. In this case, they are completely absent. Or maybe they haven't been asked. We don't know that. Huh? Uh, well, only the Economic Times has followed up the sure. story. Mm. Uh, none of the other. So this is a little better than what happened with the DNA story because after the yeah. DNA story, the newspapers reported on it but said one UPA minister without mm -hmm. naming the president. Right. Here, at least Economic Times has said the president's office has come under you know scrutiny. Uh, and just for our listeners to understand the full import of what the story is, I just like to read out from one of the emails to make you understand what I mean, the extent to which the president's office went. And this is. An email between two SR executives uh, talking about placing his granddaughter, and it's it's not just that you know uh, give her a job or whatever. They're actually discussing things like we need to tell them tentative, tentatively the compensation that we would offer to her under both the above circumstances, so they can take an objective all way forward. So they're discussing compensation. Another email says that I'm under constant pressure from honourable president, deciding mm -hmm. on another person's uh, placement. So it's. It's but th appalling. Th there's no mail from the president's office, is there? Look, uh, the first mail, which is forwarded, mm. where the passport scan is there, is a copy from the president's secretary from his official president house email okay. to his personal Gmail, which is then forwarded, so that mail trail actually has the imprint Le of the official. It's completely watertight. And uh -huh. again, uh -huh. because you mentioned the Economic Times, again, let me say, whatever we get to see is the work of individual journalists. Ajmer Singh from the Economic Times has been pushing the story right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That the story is surviving is because there are some individual journalists trying to do their job. Hmm. What do you think, Karunab? Are you surprised that people would not take on the president because you never know when you might need him? I am really surprised because I would want, I would think uh, uh, when the first set of SR leaks happened, you know, I think uh, newspapers, uh, uh, the Express did name uh, Gatkari, and uh, I, I, I believe that you know uh, uh, Mukherjee, you know, is not such a political powerhouse at the moment. So if you take uh, Gatkari's name, I, I, I'm really surprised about the reticence to take. Uh, uh, the president's name. I mean, why would that happen? I mean, I have a slight theory about it. I could be totally wrong, hmm. but I think this also emanates from uh, the Indian media's, you know, weird, uh, very strange, you know, uh, atti attitude, attitude of. Uh, no, I think that's that's not uh, that's not what I think. Mm -hmm. uh, very strange attitude, not pick up stories that other organizations have uh, broken. You know, particularly TV. I think you know. I think I think TV. I think if say uh, a headlines today breaks a story, I think Times now will pick it up. But I think if a magazine or a I th I, th I think it's some amount of I don't know sense of competition that we'll not pick up a story. Whereas if you look at the WikiLeaks, you know, I think it was brilliant how Guardian and New York Times worked in tandem. So I don't think that working in tandem happens in the Indian press as such. Also, there were different countries. Uh, sorry, Hartosh, before coming to you, just one thing. I think it has started happening a little bit. Uh, although the uh, tendency of taking a story and not giving the originator credit also exists. But I think it is not as much as it used to be Kiyoski story Hamni Uthayang. I think that sometimes Uthayang, what do you think, Kartosh? See, that may be true in general, but in this case, hmm. that's why I mentioned the parallels with the radio tape. Hmm. This really is irrelevant because the Everyone places from where I, or uh, not I, certainly, Krishna got the story. Hmm. And the work he's been doing, diligently pursuing his work that other journalists from other newspapers could have been doing in parallel. Nothing is stopping them. Hmm. That 
information is accessible to everybody. Mm. There are choices being made that we will now no longer report this portion of the story. It is not as if they are not picking stories which other people have broken. They are choosing not to break certain stories. Right. That is what is problematic here. So can I, I just ask Harsho, the, the, you know, the email trail and everything, sure. is it in was it in public domain? It wasn't in public domain, but journalists who have been following that story would know where to get that public trail. Okay. It's like the Radia tapes, just you know, for our listeners also. Uh, pretty much all major news houses had the Radia tapes. Mm -hmm. It had arrived at everybody's address in the sealed packet. It's just that some ran with it and some just sat on it. May I also just add, because, I mean, it's difficult, it's the president's office associated, so I'll have to sort of pussyfoot around the whole issue a little bit. Mm. Uh, that I have a question on that, but I'll follow sure, up. We'll give, that there is, uh, Pranab was finance minister. Mm. He was very powerful for the Congress. Uh, the trail relating to Parna will eventually catch up with the entire Congress party, so it makes sense that the Congress party will not speak. It is also clear perception that there are other corporate interests involved which have been named earlier with regards to this finance minister. Uh, those corporate interests also have huge media interests, mm. you know. So there is also that force that is acting on the media stopping that story from coming out in certain places. Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah, you were sorry. Saying. I just, I mean, you know, I was um, uh, when when you started, Hatosh, saying that I have to be a little bit careful, say in a roundabout way. Many people seem to be having that perception. I mean, when I when I tweeted about this thing, huh. people said, "Oh, you cannot cannot say things about the president." You cannot. No, so it, I'm 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 not pussyfooting about saying anything about the president. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that there there are these loose associations that I'm well aware of that I cannot substantiate. Unfortunately, when I'm talking of corporate houses, when I'm talking of a finance minister, I'm talking of a political party right. and a corporate house that has control over various media houses. Everybody can draw their associations, but I can't explicitly say it because right. I will be asked to sh show is there a mail trail or a paper trail that I have to establish this? No, I don't. But this is common knowledge for everybody who follows power and media in Delhi. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, if we could just move on to some of the other stuff that was done this week, I'll just quickly run over it and then we can decide in what order we want to discuss those things. Uh, one was uh, the interview which Mr. Kejriwal gave after a long time, and I know Anand will have plenty to say about it because he thought it was a complete uh, softball interview. Uh, there was the strike across the border with our 21 paras did, which many people are saying uh, the Modi government has completely you know, shot itself in the foot by bragging about it because the covert action should not be bragged about. There's the um, Bangladesh visit, uh, and there's the um, story on, sorry, which one was this? The, the law minister, Jitendra Singh, Tomar's arrest. Uh, other than this, if anyone has any other stories that they found great or not, most welcome to go. Before we start saying what was bad, I just have two things that I really liked. I thought uh, the Vasu's truth versus hype on the debt bomb that was done this week was spectacular. It you know, had uh, the entire figures of how much debt was written off by the Vijay Malia and the likes. It's, I think, 1,50,000 crores is other tha. Uh, and he went into, you know, for the last many years, a lot of people have said that, and our current RBI governor made the most frank speech about it. In fact, he ended the show on that speech, on that debt bomb. And uh, I thought it was a big story. That's another thing. I don't see why it doesn't find the kind of space, because the kind of money involved in that beats any kind of subsidy or food, right to food act. Um, other than that, uh, let's start. Manisha, why don't you start? What story do you want to start off with, which you thought is worth um, commenting on? Well, I'm really uh, intrigued with the whole Myanmar strikes. Mm. Uh, what really happened? Apparently, uh, Manu Pabi was the first journalist to break it on Twitter. Mm. And then you had so many conflicting reports coming. Somebody said Myanmar knew, others said they don't know. Then there was the, the fraction itself coming up with a statement saying that uh, asked the Indian Army to show us the bodies. Right. The strike never happened. I'm just curious, how does a covert operation uh, become so Overt. Overt. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of yeah. a better word. Yeah, like yeah. How, how is it that, that the question, special forces operation gets so much, I mean, the media knows? In fact, that question has been asked, at least on Twitter, I saw many people say that, you know, the Modi government, even if they did this, the fact that, you know, Javadik and all these people went on TV and said, we did this, we did this, and then Myanmar said, no, no such thing happened. Uh, if you do something like this, it's, you don't talk about it. So yeah. I, I don't know if it happened, if it didn't happen. That's why everything now becomes a myth. Uh, Arunab, do you have something to say on this? Did no, so I happened to watch uh, the TV debate yesterday. What I was surprised was that nobody, a lot of, uh, nobody, you know, the, the journalists too, nobody seemed to, you know, uh, excise a single voice, uh, you know, nobody raised a single voice about, 
you know, the authenticity of it or any sort of questions about it. The discussion was more about, you know, whether we should be doing this to Pakistan. So I think as journalists, as people who are, you know, who trained to, you know, question the government narrative, it was surprising that nobody actually, you know, really raised that question in the mainstream, uh, in the mainstream TV debates. I mean, I suppose, I don't think it's, it's, it's beyond, I mean, I think it's a part, it's, it's, a, it's a job to question what happened. And since there is definitely a lack of clarity in what exactly happened, because there are definitely, you know, multiple versions of, you know, what exactly happened going on. So I'm surprised that, you know, nobody really went beyond, you know, congratulating uh, the new government where Arnav was basically acting as the spokesperson for uh, Modi yesterday about how we've got a very able leader, you know, so... In my view, he does a lot of that these days. Yeah, no. but but uh, nobody mm. really questioned that what was happening, like, if it was a COVID operation, why did the... why did the Harpoosh appears on these often, why, why don't we take this to him? Before that, I'd just like to add, I think it has a, a bit to do with, for example, Subramanyam Swami started trending even before he'd written a word about this because he had spoken about that boat, which uh, for our listeners who are not in the loop, there was a boat that was either set on fire or bombed or Praveen blown up. Praveen Swami, not Subramanian. Sorry, sorry. Praveen what am I saying? Praveen Swami. <laughs> yeah. uh, quite similar the, yeah. in their idea. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, Praveen Swami had written a piece uh, completely rejecting the official word and he was trending because, you know, the far <laughs> right said that anti-national <laughs> Is it that journalists are now scared to question anything the army does? Because the loonies on Twitter start saying, how can you question? It's not just loonies. I think it's pretty mainstream sentiment. It happens in every country. And this is why I think when I say that journalism is about skepticism or the exercise of power, it is more so when the military is involved. We've all seen what happened when the American media, including the NYT, got behind the American version of events in Iraq. Look at the surgical strike. I mean, I have some very serious questions. One, we all know that 16 kilometers on either side of the Myanmar border is a go area for both militaries. Mm. I don't think we cross that limit. So, is that a strike which actually takes great courage to do when it is permissible? Let's ask the question. Second, more importantly, if it's a surgical strike, uh, which pointed information, then did you have targets in mind? Did you have high-value targets? Who did you take out? Can you give me a name of an important person in the Kaplang faction that you were actually targeting? Did you destroy? Are there any answers to that? The Kaplang faction, from what I know, has over 60 camps on that side of the water, largely in safe areas beyond the 16 kilometers. So which camp of the Kaplang faction did you strike? What happened to it? What was the information on which you were acting? Hmm. Give us some names. Give us some details. What was the Why didn't none of these questions were asked? Because mainstream military reporting is one of the worst beats in this country. By far. Worst beats Com to do or worst beats no, no, done? How it's done. Compromised reporters. Hmm. Uh, Anand, you tell me, what is your view yeah, on it? Because I do know, I'll just, because I know Anand is of the view, often you've expressed that on Twitter, that we should not question what is given to us from the police or the army. I mean, you've said that, you know, would, would the uh, Americans ask that they have taken out Al-Qaeda? Whereas, you know, what Hartosh is saying exactly the opposite. That you yeah. must question. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what I would say is that there is a gradation of questioning. I mean, one should not basically, uh, you know, pull uh, the Indian government or Indian army's, uh, you know, version down immediately or at once, which was the case with, uh, I think, Praveen Swami's version. You think of, he did that? Yeah, I, I think he did that. Hmm. I think he did that. But in this case, what I would say is, you know, the three or four lines that are kind of converging at, hmm. at the same uh, at the same point. I think one is, I, I think it would have been better for the Indian government to have accepted the Myanmar, Myanmar's government's version. Mm. You know, I mean, to say that you are intruding into someone's territory mm. and then Myanmar government says, no, you didn't. Uh, you know, best keep quiet about it and say, all right, uh, you know, <laughs> if, if Myanmar government did help Indian army, then it serves us to agree with their version. And I think secondly, uh, I think as far as Hartosh has said, it's a valid point. I mean, what were the targets that were taken out? I, I suppose in the coming days, maybe that information would come out. You know, I mean, probably, uh, you know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that if we wait, the army may probably come out with that information. And thirdly, uh, let's remember that, you know, the American takeout of um, Osama, hmm. no one questioned it for at least the first six months. Okay, it's only now that a reporter has done, you know, uh, uh, written extensively about it that he's come up with his version that oh, Pakistanis were, uh, uh, you know, were told about it, they knew about it, and all all that thing. But when it happened, I mean, for the first six months after it happened, no one uh, doubted America, in spite of the fact that they did not show 
the dead body of Osama. They just said we buried him at sea and we, we have killed him. So we, we had to take, I mean, the world took America at face value. Hmm. And it is, uh, you know, so w w I would say is that, uh, I mean, in, in such cases where the army particularly, not the government, I mean, I'm, I'm much more inclined to trust the army than the government. I think what Hartosh is saying, that, that is a tendency, and I if think that also comes out. I think Hartosh may be a forgy kid too. Are you a forgy kid? I'm a police kid. You're a police kid. I'm a forgy kid. I think, you know, my Manish... a little bit away from Hartosh. <laughs> <laughs> Manisha is a forgy kid. Okay. There's so many forgy kids, and I think that is one of the things that forge said, so, you know, I think that does exist, although I it think that's there. wrong. I think it must I'm be questioned, and that has sure led to the kind of compromised... Uh, that see, Hartosh see my point is, exactly, so, I agree with you that the American version wasn't questioned. My point is, shouldn't it have been questioned? And if that mistake had been made there, should we repeat that same kind of mistake here? My job as a journalist is to ask pertinent questions. It is in the national interest to know when a strike was conducted, was it conducted properly, did it achieve the aims it set out to do, was it really a strike meant to achieve something? Was it meant to serve as propaganda for the government? Was it a knee-jerk reaction to something that happened across? These are important questions which must be asked in the aftermath of any yeah, strike. But let me just add a caveat to that. I mean, you know, this is like, uh, let's say we've discovered a drug, okay, and, you know, we give half information about it. I think everyone is justified in asking, well, give the whole information. What does the drug do? I mean, how many, have you done any control studies in this, that? I suppose when army and such operations are involved, uh, you know, th there is obviously a cloak of, well, you know, this information is classified. I mean, people would use it at, you know, with gay abandon. There is, yeah. So I suppose it's very difficult for, I mean, I suppose a journalist to say, well, okay, I can understand it's classified, but give it to me still. It's difficult. Yeah, but and it doesn't have to go down that a lot of information is classified. I'm sure these mails of the presidents aren't available to everybody to see. You know, th no, what I'm saying is reporting is not all about taking handouts. So you let have me just point yeah. out some of these questions. Yeah. Uh, it possibly can't be classified that we've taken down this target. Right. I mean, certainly, if the target has been taken out, it is already known to the other side. Yeah. Uh, so why conceal it from me? Or has no value target been taken down? Uh, fair question. I don't think that military loses anything by asking. Mm. Asking or, but I don't even see that question being asked by anybody. I do mm. think Manisha uh, can come in. And I think she had made this point that a lot of journalists have realized what is a constituency on Twitter. And because Twitter has a disproportionately loud, what you call, you know, that nationalistic, over-nationalistic voice, <coughs> people are just afraid to, you know, uh, take on or take a position that could make them seem not as patriotic in that warped sense that, you know, Twitter Sorry, does. But as, as, as a primer to your answer, I uh, just want to add one line. That, I mean, if we go beyond Twitter, hmm. I would say the immediate repercussion of this strike was not lost on the politicians. I mean, they went completely overboard That's true by as well. bringing we in Pakistan. So yeah. I would say, you know, I, I would say the overall effect of this strike was probably to, you know, in the politicians' mind, in the government's mind, to give a quote-unquote message to Pakistan, which I find is ridiculous because, I mean, as Pakistan say, I hate to agree with it, but it is true. Pakistan said, we are not Myanmar. Hmm. It, is, it, is the, it is the true. I mean, we can't, we have to probably think 100 times before we do the same thing in, uh, you know, in terrorist camps in Pakistan. Manisha? So, sorry. Yeah. I completely agree with Hartosh's assessment of uh, the way we cover defense and military. I've never done it myself, but I think what happens mostly in these beats is that the source uses you to put a news out there rather than the journalist using the source to put the news out there. So I think in this case, we'll never really, it, the story will be as good as what your source wants you to put out there. So, hmm. and therefore the versions will keep changing according to whatever your source wants you to put out there. So Unless I, some I, videos I, I, I like the Navy Chief appears that, you know, he says all those... But that Navy Chief... The Coast Guard... The Coast Guard. Coast Guard. He seemed drunk. He seemed like... It, it was more like... I really still don't know whether he really meant it or whether he was yeah. just like, ha, humne to kar diya hai. There's no way... I, I, mean, I still don't know whether that video does really conclusively tell us everything we need but to know about But it's on the record. Yeah. And we it's don't have record. anything else on the yeah, record, so... so. We, we go with I don't know if you want to go with this or you want to pick up another theme to move to. Well, in that context... Hmm. Let's just look at that hashtag, 56-inch rocks, by the <laughs> INB minister. Raj, what was a minister yeah. doing? 56-inch yeah. rocks. In fact, yeah, sorry, uh, thanks for pointing that out. Uh, I almost forgot, I want to mention Initially, it. I thought it was a very large rock he was talking about. <laughs> no, this 56-inch, uh, Rathor also uh, tweeted, and I don't know whether he said the same thing when he was being interviewed, that we have got revenge. 
Now using the word revenge. I think it's again a celebration of death that was done. I was chest thumping using the northeast as a prop again. I think I think that was a message to Pakistan. Because I strongly feel about it because the way the story has been reported. It's also sorry because I come from Assam. I come from Assam, and because there's more nuance to the story. It's not about revenge. It's not about one person killing another and taking revenge. You know, and that's how it's been projected. It was not a case of revenge. There's so so many layers to the story, and it was lost upon. I think Kishale wrote a really great column for. Column for Huffington Post. Also, the fact that nobody highlighted the fact that it was a major embarrassment for the army because standard procedures are not being followed when the attack happened. Nobody really reported on that because it was because the commanding officer was on leave. The second command had also left, and they were going back home. And they hadn't followed the you know the something called I think like a converse post. Express story. Yeah, the express is the story. I read the story in Express. Oh yeah. But apart from that, I think you know TV particularly you know didn't you know I think it's again. Again, a case of you know, you know, taking the army's word as you know the final. Also, you know, when he used the word revenge, I think it's very worrying when people in authority. And I can understand when you know, generally, हम जैसे लोग चलाते हैं रिवेंज रिवेंज मिल गया. When the person in the position of you know, minister of state for defence says uses words like revenge. It completely warps what the state's job is. The state's like job George is to Bush, keep. Like George Bush, basically acted like George Bush. Yeah, it was just uh, yeah, yeah, really silly. Sorry, uh, uh, you want to move on to the next subject? Uh, I think I'd really be keen on uh, knowing what uh, how the local media has reported on this whole thing. As in, uh, in newspapers in uh, Myanmar, Manipur. Uh, in Manipur. In Manipur. So I read, a, I, I read a piece in the Imphal Free Press Journal. Uh. So it said that it was the only source it had was the Ministry of Defence uh, handout. So that's all it had. So and exactly. So, so then you put out whatever the Ministry of Defence wants. Exactly. Hmm. So yes, I don't know what do you want to discuss next, and then we can go to uh, Anand. I, I suppose we could uh, discuss uh, the AAP, Tomar. So much. Yeah, I mean, if Abhinandan allows us. <laughs> do I ever? Do I ever not? Huh? I'm unnecessarily accused of being uh, drowning out people's voices. Although. Show us your degree, by the way. Actually, the funny thing is, you know, I started thinking. If someone asked me for my degree, how many of you went and picked up a degree from college after first term? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You didn't. I did. You did. Did you? Yeah, I did. Anand, did you? But I'm well aware of my college, but. Yeah. In fact, it's more worrying than not having a degree, not able to remember where the canteen is. You want to go with the Tomar lens first or the softball interview first? I'm using air quotes for softball. Yeah, yeah. It's very difficult to, you know, kind of point-wise. Uh, you know, rebut. Uh, I think the overall impression was the kind of questions I had in mind mm. that would have grilled and skewered, uh, you know, uh, His Holiness Arvind Kejriwal. Mm. I think those questions weren't asked. Mm. I think the uh, and especially because this was the first time after he became the Chief Minister that he gave anyone the interview, and before he became the Chief Minister, he was giving interviews, you know, three interviews a day. So it is all the more reason that you should. And you know, so many things have happened that have kind of compromised his. Uh, I mean, at, uh, you know, whatever, you know, the stings and all that stuff. I think it was incumbent upon Barkha to ask really tough questions. But do you think it was unlike her other interviews? Because, you know, I've, I've said no, this before I, also. I agree. Once, like, yeah, uh, Barkha you know, is I never... Just, yeah. I, uh, I've seen her other interviews and I've said this before. I think she and Arnab and Arnab on a good day yeah. are the best interviewers because Arnab will ask the question and uh, unless he's in his night, what, uh, news hour mode, <laughs> when he's yeah. on one-to-one -one, other than... With Thakre, he was like a bigi billi who had just been slapped and told to sit there. Other than that, he does good interviews and Barkha does good interviews. But I'm wondering, was it unlike her other interviews, like the interview with Jaitley or Chidambaram? Like that is Barkha's style, I think. And I think she gets people to say a lot more by that style. I don't know. You tell me. I don't. I mean, I would agree with you that this was very similar to the interview she would do with Jaitley, for example. But I mean, or anyone else. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to insinuate anything by just taking that name. But I mean, I suppose. I mean, the, the real thing is that you know a lot has happened in the uh, you know in the last hundred days, mm. and I think uh, uh, you know justice would have been served had uh, Arvind been asked really tough questions. What do you think? I know uh, Arnab uh, yesterday, last night on his show, he told uh, who was uh, there from the AAP. I think there was uh, Ashutosh from the AAP on Arnab's show, okay. and he said tonight when you go and uh, was it last night or yeah, night before last yesterday yeah. he yeah. says oh, when you go and to speak to Ar uh, arvind <laughs> tell him not to give these softball tell him that no need to only give interviews to people who give softball interviews come and face arnab you know one of oh, those okay, things I missed that. which yeah, that. was yeah which was about 
as classy as uh, NDTV's promo trashing Arnab. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Arnab class, Arnab is Arnab. <laughs> really, there is class not apart. going to be any. <laughs> what do you think of the interview? Look, the real fact, and I'm not making this up, this is the first I've heard of the interview that tells you something about the impact <laughs> oh, of the yeah, interview. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't even heard anybody tell me there's been such an interview. Oh, I'm sorry, God. but <laughs> I talk to mostly print journalists. So they have, <laughs> lot of them have not even registered that. Well, Darka must have tweeted and retweeted how great it was I, several times. <laughs> there are some people I do not follow. I better things to do with my time, absolutely. I have <laughs> other ways of picking up news. Oh, then you take off since you haven't seen the interview. Take off. Sorry, if you have anything to say about I, I haven't seen the interview either. Okay. Yeah, no. Manisha hasn't. No, I have seen the interview. What do you think? I think it was a typical Barkha interview. Yeah. And uh, it was a typical typical Arvind interview also. He kept saying, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this. But I, I suppose there are tougher questions could have been asked, you know, because uh, he said, because when she asked him, when will Wi-Fi take off? There will be time, it's not yet. He got off, you know, he was, he, he said what he wanted to. And Barkha, I suppose, let him, but I suppose that's a style, as you said. I mean, let me put it this way. I think when you're interviewing a politician, you have to interview him differently than when you're interviewing, for example, a sports personality or let's say Javed Akhtar or, you know. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, you have to put him on... Uh, on the mat. So I, I would much rather have uh, the nightly Arnab interview mm. a politician one-to-one. -one. Then he won't, then... won't get to talk. <laughs> it's like Karan Thapar's interviews used to be. You know, we had done a word count, we carried a piece. Yeah. We, you know, because they used to transcribe his Devil's Advocate interview and put them online. Yes. So we copy-pasted into a word count. In some of the cases, Karan's word count was about 60-70% more than the person who is interviewing work. I mean, for then example, Stephen Sacker, I mean, uh, you know, who does hard talk. Yeah. I mean, there is a distinct uh, change in his personality that when is he reflected that in the questions he asks when he's interviewing, uh, you know, politicians. Even in his facial expression. Yes, you know. True. And I think, it, I think the viewer appreciates that. You know, I, I don't think politicians should be let off the hook. I just don't. Sure. Especially not Kejriwal now. Jitinder Tomar, that's Somnath Bharti, that's I mean. In the end, the question is really, what are you guys up to? I mean, apart from entertaining us, but then I, Arnab does that as well, no? and he's not chief minister of a state. I mean, come on, seriously, in terms of governance, what is this government up to? Yes, there's a problem with the Delhi government. Yes, this is all there. There's a problem with the center. But you mean there is no area in which you can do some work and let's focus on that for a week or two, apart from your ministers performing various antics that we have to focus on? We I beg your pardon, you just think. stolen my lines. I think this is... not fair. As a guest, but, I mean, having, said that, nice having said that, I would say Hartosh and I think Manu were the first ones who hmm. probably, you know, kind of... I don't want to use the word, but let me use it. Saw through hmm. this whole thing. I mean, I was initially... I, I would accept it, swayed to an extent by Arvind Kejriwal when he wasn't a politician. Hmm. But right from the get-go, I think when you were with Open, was it 2011? Sure. I mean, I think the very first article you wrote was that this is all a tamasha. And I think you probably held on to that line and probably... But if I'm not mistaken, Open was more critical of Anna, Anna. Hazare than Arvind Kejriwal. I mean, the big... It was very hot I remember that cover with that... Hmm. What was that really catchy headline you carried with a cover with the donkey and a release? Oh, the bad days. You should look at open okay. now. What a magnificent <laughs> magazine it is. Yeah. Oh, now? Look at the past. Now the... Triumph of the Now the covers. Modi, Modi. He's been quite critical of uh, Arvind in the past. And I often agree with Hartosh's piece. But I will definitely draw a distinction between a piece that Hartosh writes about Arvind and what? Uh, someone like Tavleen Singh writes. You know, it's... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> really <laughs> worried. It's just while, although I disagree on uh, what governance is, but we'll get to that. Uh, why don't you go, uh, Arunab, how disgusted are you with Aap and KJ and Tomar and the gang? I mean, I changed TV channel, you know, the moment uh, Aap comes on, I suppose. <laughs> to what? Saaz Bahu. Yeah, everything's better, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, now Somnath Bharti says he's surprised by the allegations, uh, apparently. Okay, so, uh, for our viewers who don't know, Somnath Bharti, because this just happened, I think, today or yesterday? Yesterday, yesterday. last night. But yes. his wife has uh, filed a complaint against him for domestic abuse. And uh, yeah, that's I think now he's. So also, I have a slight query here. And sorry, the, and Tomar's, uh, I'm sure people know, if you listeners don't know about Tomar, then dudes, you shouldn't be listening to Avta. This is about his <laughs> fake degrees, not just his fake law degree, but uh, a BSc degree as well. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, you were saying? 
Also, if this is the case of domestic violence, uh, shouldn't shouldn't there be a FIR lodged? I mean, why has the why there has the, been? I think. But, but is the Delhi Commission woman who summoned? No, there uh, hasn't been an FIR. There hasn't been an FIR lodged. Why has the Delhi Commission woman uh, summoned? Uh, I mean, so I I think that that's I think the that's the way them. to go about it, right? Uh, lodge an FIR instead of uh, you know Delhi Commission woman no, summoning. I think it's a prerogative of the uh, complainant. So I if see. the complainant, so I mean the police, and this is one of the very strange things that I find in this country. I don't know, Atosh, maybe we can. So the police cannot file an FIR suo moto. Is can. that right? No, they can. On some uh, they cognizable offences, you are meant to file FIR suo moto. Exactly. That's the whole point of a. Okay. Exactly. But, in, but in such an instance, domestic violence is uh, cognizable. Yeah, okay. it's a it cognizable offence. Yeah. Manisha, what do you have to say? Like uh, I said last time, there's too much importance to a regional party. Okay. I'm tired of this You're taking away masala. You're not going to say anything on this topic. Of course I will update. Now I wait for everybody else and then I come in because last time there was a lot of crosstalk happening and to you know cut the crosstalk, I used to come and I said, guys, crosstalk. So people have started saying, you are telling everyone not to talk and you yourself are drowning there talking out. Seems familiar. Arunab is a hero. And after that, Arunab, our Arunab comes up to me and says, you're a real dick. Fucking should behave yourself. I don't use language like that. <laughs> and I was like, dude, he says, I will, I can talk like this because no one's recording it. So I said, okay, sorry. No, okay, but here's what I think. I think Tomar should have been asked to resign at once. Yes. I think it is, uh, I think today, and this again uh, is a learning I've had over a period of time. I'll first say a not dispassionate piece, I'm just as an observer. And the second, I'd say, as someone who still supports and believes in Arvind. First piece is that over the last three, four years, I have learned that what would piss me off or upset me or, you know, make me say, what the fuck is Arvind doing? Like, dude, does have zero impact on electorate. I've realized that over time. I thought, uh, what's his name, uh, Mr. Bharti, was a complete jackass the first time he did it. And, you know, I wrote about it uh, at that time as well. And I'm sure my friends in AAP didn't like it. Uh, but apparently, it didn't bother the electorate even by a bigger margin. Uh, so that is one issue. I don't think uh, Arvind has exhausted his political capital. I think the kind of goodwill he has among the electorate of Delhi is huge right now. So Tomar should have been asked to simple thing. If you can produce a degree, just show it. What is this hum court mein dikhayenge? I think that's, that's bullshit. But when people tie governance to his combativeness, for me and this, uh, you know, Anand and I have had a discussion on, for me, unless he does something radical, he should just go home and do what he was doing, be an activist. Status quoism is not governance. If there is such a warped structure of governance in Delhi where the LG can do what the hell he wants, the uh, anti-corruption bureau, Delhi's, which was investigating Delhi cops, suddenly says, no, you can't do that. You know, some people report say it's because, you know, there was a compromise arrived because there are big people involved. Ambani ke, khilaf ke. Unless he can completely rock that and change it, he should go home because this kind of governance, and I was quite surprised, someone like Ashok Malik, who's so critical, of Congress is tweeting, even uh, Sheila gave us so many years of good rule, you can always get along by a governor appointed by the other party. See, the and, that is, and that is a status quoism that all parties, when Atal Ji was Rahul was Gandhi was Gandhi was Atal Ji was I don't think that's governance, that is status quoism. And if he can dismantle that well and good, if he can't, he should go home. So the one thing, of course, the Congress, this is the first time the Congress and BJP have been so agreed on one thing. Mm. That is uh, credit to Kejriwal, he's brought them together. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but the fact still remains, yes, obviously you rock the boat. But I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he did take an oath on the constitution. There are constitutional means to go it. I mean, basically, Dharna is not going to achieve this. Now either he has to go to the courts for remedy, mm. grandstanding to the public, Really? So that means is he already preparing for the next elections and he'll come back to the same status quo with the next election because he can't change the system? How will the system eventually change? Either you go to the courts or you fight a wider battle so that you are actually in the Lok Sabha where you can change this. Mm -hmm. Are you going to grandstand in Delhi and change the system, the constitutional system that decides Delhi? I don't see how that's going to happen. So what's the point of this procedure? I mean, I'd like to understand what you believe will be achieved at the I end of I think to, to bring the kind of focus that he has managed to get on this entire gray area between whether the LG is governing or not will make, will push the lawmakers to make a stricter uh, division of who has what authority. Because like how it's worded, and I think Arunab had quoted this a few <coughs> weeks ago, we discussed that under aid and advice of... Yeah, with the aid and advice. Which is exactly how it's worded for the president and the prime minister. However, you haven't seen this happen there. Because the president knows the daira. He's not going to tell the PM, to isko appoint karo. But ye full statehood nahi hai. So I think it will force whoever, and it, it will force us to talk about it, I think. You know, that's all. I mean, other than that, I 
I'm, I'm not saying that this grandstanding will achieve the exact paper that tells you who should do what, but it will definitely lead to this status quoism being challenged. And if it can happen within his term, well and good. If someone else goes and does it, well and good. But like I said, status quoism has to go. Uh, sorry, Anand. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I agree with you. But I mean, I, I also take the point of view that uh, status quoism has to go. But, uh, you know, you have to choose very judiciously the means by which you want it to go. I mean, you are the chief minister of a state. You cannot say that the lieutenant governor is the polling agent of BJP and then meet him the next day. I mean, I think, you know, there are some limits to, you know, the way you should conduct yourself. And hmm. secondly, that's also this veneer of AAP being an honest political party. Uh, you know, out of the 67 MLAs, 18 MLAs, 18 of the present AAP MLAs are ex BJP, ex-Congress, ex-BSP, hmm. ex-whatever. So, and this this was one of the points on which Prashant Bhushan and Yogendra Yadav had a disagreement with this. I think what is happening with AAP right now, and I, I went through the whole list of um, AAP MLAs, I think people will slowly realize the kind of importance Yogendra Yadav and Prashant Bhushan had for AAP. I think any any party needs a kind of a, uh, you know, a person who, who can provide an element of, uh, uh, you know, uh, wh whose views can be grounded, can be structured, can be, uh, you know, illuminating mm. to viewers and to readers. I think AAP has lost that. Agree uh, on Prashant, disagree on Yogendra. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know, but why would you, I mean, I would say, I mean, I, I mean his, his, uh, his tone and his manner of speaking might be infuriating, but I, and I do, don't agree with his ideology. But I would say he was he was able to get his point across fairly intellectually. I mean, Hartosh, do you disagree Hartosh. with that? Like, I think he's talking from the inside information of what happened in Haryana <laughs> and Punjab with regards to. So there are fair grounds for right. them to be. But the question is that dissent could have been handled differently. Yeah. It could have been handled better. Today, you don't have. I mean, I think what I'm trying to say. They gave a moral core to the party, which yes. the party no longer has. Doesn't. They are not taken seriously when they yes. poster morally today. You are talking important. about Yogendra and Prashant. Prashant. Yes. And you know, you may know things about Yogendra and Punjab no, and Haryana, <laughs> no, I, which I have also heard. Hmm. But the fact is, there is a public perception that the issues on which they were taking stands hmm. were actually the issues which actually brought up to power. They may not be politically heavy weights, uh, mm. political heavy weights, but they lend the credibility to AAP which has totally disappeared today. So they may retain political capital, but political capital can dissipate very fast as sure. Mr. Modi knows good. Yeah, also, you know. So I mean, in, in the same way, for, for example, you know, Sakshi Maharaj, mm. okay, can say, <clears throat> you know, also, and he say, does say all sorts of really silly things. And if suddenly tomorrow BJP were to find that, oh, our go-to man, uh, you know, is not Arun Jaitley, but Shakshi Maharaj. Hmm. I think BJP would have a serious crisis of credibility. I'm not yes. so sure about that, but... I mean, you know what I was trying <laughs> yeah, yeah, to say. Yeah, I, no, I, I think... Uh, so, I mean, between Yogendra Yadav, I know the points you're trying to... But between Yogendra Yadav and someone like, for example, Ashutosh or Tomer hmm. or Somnath Bharti, hmm. I think the choice is very clear. I think sure, AAP has I, lost that ground of... And I would include Anna in uh, you know uh, in in this whole rigmarole as with with tomar and i see uh, what you're saying they're populist but you no, know no no i see what you're saying but i think this would require a bigger discussion yeah. and podcast and you know maybe we don't have the time or the uh, yeah. kind of uh, space so for i it would like to nominate like, you as no, I, uh, the AAP spokesperson no i uh, politics <laughs> is not for me i disagree with too many people i like i don't have said i'm a dick who shouts at people so there's Politics, I have realized you have to stop shouting at people, at least within your party. Otherwise, it doesn't work out. Now, sorry, I was just saying, I, my limited point is that uh, I, I get what you're saying. I think uh, Yogendra was, across parties, the most effective spokesperson. He, was, he could take a really bad situation mm. and still handle yeah. it. But I think everything in life is a cost-benefit analysis. And the benefit that get, you get from that and the cost within the party has to bear you, I mean, every decision is a cost-benefit analysis, and in, in, in my case, oh, it was that one was. And you're speaking without inside information. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, understand. No. <laughs> I, I just, oh, massive inside information. No, I'm seeing off my interaction with these people. I happened to be in Gurgaon when he went campaigning. I'm just of what I have seen, and not just when the party was on. I'm talking about since the Anna days, since 2008, before any party chatty came about. So that's that's all I'm saying. 
sorry, Arunab, everyone's really sweating because the AC is just so bad, yeah. Isn't working at all, I suppose. It's not working at all. Switch it on. I don't know why it's not switched on. Up the power we have, right? <laughs> Pay for free news. <laughs> Pay to keep news. Yeah, free. time to plug. Huh, sorry. Yeah, guys. <laughs> okay. Talk about. Uh, uh, I suppose what a very good story that came mm. out yesterday. Sushadharal's story in Money Life about NDTV. Mm. So, which pretty much establishes that uh, Reliance doesn't only have uh, 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 doesn't only have stakes in RRPR. Uh, that's Radhika Rapna Roy Private Limited, the holding company of NDTV, but also NDTV itself. So uh, through that company. Through that, no, yeah, through that company, there are clauses in the certain contract which says that it has it exercise some amount of control over any TV. Actually, what the clauses she said is the agreement between RRPR yes. and and since RRPR is the controlling company yeah. by default, it, it it basically her piece says everything that's happening is through RRPR, not directly. Yeah, true. Yeah. But but I suppose the kind of insularity that any TV displays is surprising because for a media house which so so pompous about its credibility, I think a some amount of clarification. It's it's time that they came they out. Haven't responded like, to they haven't story. responded at all, yes. which is very surprising. Because and also, just say that uh, the story was broken by. I honestly think that Sujita carried the story forward, so yeah, yeah. whatever. No, so, so I also happen to do another story about uh, uh, Vikram Chandra's show, you know, yes. uh, editing out a certain comment by Nikhil Wagle. Mm-hmm. But I got on a slight bit of a Twitter spat with Vikram, mm-hmm. where he said that we do not carry insinuations without proof. So, You're always getting to Twitter uh, Yeah. So anyway. on uh, uh, the interview that uh, we're talking about, uh, the Barkha Arvind interview, mm-hmm. so Arvind said uh, that the LG's office has become the second headquarters quarters for the BJP. If that is not an unsubstantiated uh, you know, allegation, I don't know what is. So, True. So I yeah, suppose... I think they have but separate, they but that's across. Reliance. Everybody has separate standards for Reliance and separate for the rest of the world. But I suppose for any TV which, you know, who's, who, I mean, they, they claim that they're the most credible, you know, news organization in the country, I suppose it's time they came out, you know, about what yeah, this deal this is all about. trending on Twitter. It was trending on Twitter uh, yesterday. Who really owns any TV? raises also certain questions in my mind. There was the whole incident of Barkha in the Radia tapes, working very closely with Neera Radia. There was a chain of conversations which connected her to Manoj Modi, etc., etc. The failure of NDTV to take this seriously makes me raise the question, was Barkha then the cooperation she was showing Neera Radia in the Mukesh camp, was it individual or was it institutional? And I think Mm -hmm. now it's an important question. Was this already playing up to the investment into NDTV? In which case we are talking of very serious issues when a whole institution is catering to the interests of a corporate group. And obviously these questions should be answered, you know. Hmm. There was a tape, right, where uh, uh, Neera Radia says yeah, we must meet Pranoy and we must just, that, that he's, uh, just before the yeah. investment happens, Neera Radia is actually uh, talking to Manoj, Manoj Modi, Modi, where we said that we should support Pranoy, you know. For so. our listeners who don't know, Manoj Modi is uh, a very important person in Mukesh Ambani's camp. He does land acquisition, all sorts of other stuff for him. Uh, although, um, I, I do think that uh, for any organization, they should come clean. In fact, they should have a samvad. With, with people, you know, with their viewers, they should be answerable, they should have a town hall of NTV people, you know, just like we do uh, with our viewers. I think everyone should be answerable to their viewers, yes. because when the public pays, the public is served. And, and, <laughs> but when corporations pay, you answer to corporations, corporations are served. <laughs> but, but they I, have an ombudsman, they have uh, Sony Sorabji. Yeah. Yeah. Who has not thing. done much for the mm-hmm. longest time. No, but yeah. 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 Tosh, while I think the Radia tape story was an amazing story, I've told you this before mm-hmm. when we were in this place. And I think it had a lot of balls to do that story, especially in an environment like ours, where, um, ours, I mean, media professionals, where, you know, you're part of a gang or you are jeopardizing your livelihood. So I think it was a brave call to take. But I think in that, uh, Barkha's role, as, you know, what she promised to Neera and what she delivered or didn't deliver, because, you know, the when the conversation happened and the story that she done Raja later and she put that out there. See, look, as the, opposed to we are again going to get into the same problem that has been dealt many times. Hmm. It doesn't matter, you know, when you're looking at the favors SR takes, those three journalists took from SR, did you look at the, they took the cabs and what story did they do for SR? No. There are ways of, as a journalist, how you conduct yourself. Hmm. And the fact is she was passing on information, inside information that okay. was useful this for way. Neera Radia. Right. And she was making calls for Neera Radia. Those calls were made, other conversations hold that up. So you are acting as a wire media which go way beyond playing your source. Okay, so then that's a difference. So, so, so I just like to distinguish yeah. between that what uh, Hartosh is talking about as opposed to you know the Veer conversation where Veer you know promised. Veer is ex- very clear. Yeah. yeah, it's clear. He said that what what story came what out later was exactly that. Whereas in Barkha's case, the story that came out 
was trashing Raja Bhattacharya Singh that is irrelevant because she was passing information and that itself and is valuable. Exactly valuable. Okay. And let me just say, you know, I mean, one lasting memory of that was the, uh, you know, when NDTV conducted that kind of a council of yeah. defence, you know, when they brought mm. Manu Joseph, and mm. one question still stuck in my mind, and that debate lasted about an hour, mm. and I just remember this five-second thing. Manu said, "But this was the story." Mm. Yeah. And it's such a simple question when you're talking to, uh, you know, a lobbyist and you know trying to arrange, you know, these kind of ministerial whatever. That is the story. As right. simple as that. If and a lobby is deciding cabinet portfolios, there's no bigger story else. of the decade. Yeah. yeah, it was a huge you know. story. I completely agree. Uh, we've covered, uh, you know, AAP piece. We've covered uh, Myanmar. We've covered SR. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about before we talk about some of the two or three things that I have on on this list? Anyone want to go? Something great you read or didn't read? Other than the hoot, there's a piece open in front of me on the hoot which says times now is valued at zero. <laughs> yeah, was... Oh, but Hartosh oh, is going to talk to Arnab about that. No, tonight, absolutely. So. I have already told Arnab that's an economic miracle that I'm making money out of nothing. You know that it's impossible. They pay me fees and they have no value at all. You know? It takes some doing to be able. Better that's check. Better check the signature of the check. This story on the hoot. We, we should also so we should also plug the hoot in case you don't like news laundry and you yes. think we are jerks. Support the hoot because even they even are. Even if you like news laundry, there's reason to support. Yeah, even if it's so, right. Sorry, <laughs> high five. I was just pointed out. My selfishness was just pointed out to me. मुझे आइना दिखा दिया हरतोष ने. Even if you like uh, news laundry, you can still support the hoot because it's also a public funded model, and I think more such models need to survive. There is a story on the hoot on times now being valued at zero. Uh, we'll. Um, Read it and maybe discuss it next week. Uh, but before I move uh, on, sorry, can I just say I don't think Hoot Hoot is an entirely public-funded model. They work on grants as well, yeah. but they also depend on funds. Right. I personally think the grant model can't work because it yes. doesn't rock the model. Yeah. Everyone doesn't have to follow the model. You're always on someone's charity. Yes. But if you really so want to rock the distinction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to rock the industry, then you can't yeah. work on grants. But yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's it's the right idea. Maybe it needs mm -hmm. to evolve. Um, I had a couple of things on sports-related coverage, but before I get into that, we always share pieces that we really like to dislike. Does anyone have anything that they really like to dislike that they want to talk about? Hartosh, anything else they really like to dislike in media coverage this week? I've done my share already. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now I just uh, I saw the Champions League with mm -hmm. Messi being uh, you know weaving his magic, and there was uh, one of the commentators said he's the most gifted footballer he's ever seen. And he said, "I've seen Pele, I've seen Socrates, I've seen Maradona, I've seen you know, I've seen them all, Garincha, Evo." Um, I know everyone, most of us here are sports enthusiasts. Uh, do you guys agree with that? Messi, the greatest ever. Hartosh, what do you think? Personally, I'm no great expert, but I've watched Maradona play at its height, and that yeah. World Cup that Maradona won. Right. Messi has done nothing comparable to that. Yeah, for for me, it may be a generation thing, but there is an achievement there, hmm. which Maradona has under his belt, which Messi hasn't even come close to, and he did it almost single-handed. If you see it, Especially I mean, that was a good team, but what he, the performance he put on at the highest level, the highest stage of the game, hmm. Messi has just failed to do that so far. And also, let me just add. I mean, I, I agree with her, Tosh. Hmm. I, I would say the greatness of Maradona is just uh, you know another level. Hmm. Especially because I think the club that Messi plays for, hmm. if Messi, let's say, does not play half the matches, they probably would still win. Right. Okay. Because of, I mean, you know, the the assists are such remarkable thing. Whereas when Maradona joined Napoli. Hmm. I mean they were at the bottom of the league and he made them the champions so you know okay. this is apart from the world cup so yeah Manisha You don't watch football. You don't watch football. <laughs> no. You know, that, is that because you're a woman? But I know about despite being a woman. Despite being a woman. Discuss that. Sorry, before we get into that, we'll yes. start with again on that. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out from last week, I had said I'd read up a little more about should women be given combat roles in the armed forces, yes. and I was on the fence. But really, I was too cowardly to say no. But I was on that side that no, I don't think it'll work out. Uh, I've read a little bit about it. I've read Australia, New Zealand places where this happened. Uh, I think it's uh, perfectly doable. I yeah. I would like to change my position on that. What mm -hmm. yeah, if you mm -hmm. look at, I think there was a story which I read on the India Today of the uh, IPS officer uh, SP Parashar, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. who's leading operations and doing it very well. Yeah. I see yeah. no reason why not. Yeah. The, the we had a discussion last sure. week and we were split down the middle. Yeah. Now you tell me about your football. You think Messi greatest ever was that commentator going over the top? I think the whole idea of greatest over is problematic. I, I personally don't really What subscribe to that. Sorry? The whole idea of greatest ever is problematic. I think I don't subscribe to the idea of the best and the greatest. Hmm. I think I think one player who I watched because I haven't personally watched. Uh, 
Pele and uh, Maradona so much. Hmm. I watched Maradona. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Zidane was a brilliant player. I think uh, I think the kind of stuff that Zidane could do with football, ball, I th- uh, football, I think very few players could. And I, with the uh, head as well. The <laughs> 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 with people. I mean, oh, and Maradona with his hands. So they have other skills which Messi did not have. You see. But I think Messi is damn good. You know. Mm. So he is let me just say this. You know, let me add to what Arnab said. I think this thing. Who's the greatest ever? Mm. These are lovely, uh, you know, debates that happen all the time. And I think that's what actually makes the sport and sport discussion very lively. Mm. But here I read a fantastic piece, I think years ago in Guardian, where they said, no other sportsman comes closest to Bradman because the difference between the first and the second is just unbridgeable. So his average was 99.96. And the next best average is of, I think... um, uh, I know, I, or someone 60, 65 or Graham Pollock. Too huge. Graham Pollock is uh, Pollock is But Pollock huge. hasn't played that many tests. Yeah, I mean, but you know, neither has Bradman. Players. To be honest, I think I, th- I think that's complete rubbish. I don't think Bradman is the greatest batsman to have worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Goes, In his polite <laughs> way. Was I wrong when I said he's a rude dick? <laughs> I think cricket is you can call him Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I think cricket is completely different. Richard, and, uh, but that's statistical points. Yeah. In that era, I think if you're a real fan of the game... Hang on. I think if you're a real fan of the game you'll move beyond statistics. I don't think statistics... That's yes. absolute. Yeah. Then, then I'd watch G.R. Vishwanath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are absolutely... But let me, you know, when I, say Sachin, when I said, tweeted Sachin was not the greatest, I got a lot of troll abuse. And because I, I personally feel, I, in that limited thing, I agree, Lakshman's innings in Calcutta. And I, I even said that, you know, in that, on that sultry day, Lakshman rose to many times his height. Right. When he opened his mouth, mm. we saw many Sachins. Mm. So it was like that. And Sachin has never, uh, you know, if you l- look at his, uh, again, I, I don't want to beat about the bush on this, you know, the uh, statistics. But second innings is c- always considered to be much more crucial than the first innings, you know. Right. If you look at how many matches Sachin has won, at, won us while he was playing fourth innings or, you know, mm. batting second. Um, uh, the only time I, I remember the Viv Richards. I think the only time I, yeah, despite uh, being a woman, I should enjoy this, Manisha. Despite being a woman. Despite being a woman, Manisha wants to speak, so you should let her and you should not talk. So the only time I managed to watch a football match uh, was with Oliver Kahn in it. Great oh. goalkeeping, so ah. he's right. the best. Goalkeeper the best. And before we move on to despite being a woman, just one more quick. Sport related thing, the NBA playoffs are happening. I'm a huge mm-hmm. basketball fan, I don't know how many people are. And there also the whole uh, Jordan versus uh, LeBron James, who's the greatest ever. I personally think Jordan. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is the half the halftime of NBA. And I've been watching NBA since I was young, you know, so I've I have been tracking it. The commentators have become like WWF commentators. <laughs> and the halftime Tamasha that happens, uh so it's not just IPL that has become a tamasha. It's the world over, don't you think? Uh, Hartush, I don't know. Arnab is winning everywhere. Arnab is winning. But uh, I'm sorry, Abhinandan, I have a problem with basketball. Really? Uh, because, I mean, I fail to enjoy a sport where everyone has to be, you know, by definition, seven foot eight or, you know. Actually, funny you should say this because this year, the most yeah. valuable player, a guy called Makari mm-hmm. for the Golden State Warriors is just six feet three inches. Just and six feet. Okay. No, six feet three inches in a in a sport where people no. are like seven, eight. Point know, is valid that unlike cricket or yeah. soccer, mm-hmm. where a person of average build and height yeah. has as much chance of yes. being a top class player, yeah. you don't see that in basketball or American football. That there is so a certain Hathos let's say genetic physical. deviation from the norm. Absolutely. <laughs> but Hathos, when you say a person, I mean, imagine Abhinandan playing rugby, for example. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Uh, with you, <laughs> obviously, we do that every time. But although Hathos, when you say a person of average will playing cricket, uh, cricket, we have had a lot of discussion. Earlier, I don't consider it a sport, it's a game. Oh, dear. Uh, there's a big distinction. Because Inzamamul Haq can be the best at something in the world, yeah. it requires zero athleticism. And for me, a sport has to have athleticism. People build like Inzamam will hug do so well in the wrestling mat and you say that doesn't require athleticism. It can be various. You're <laughs> caught up in the trap of the Western idea of the body. Inzamam will hug when he hits that ball. It is not a game. I'm telling yeah, you. It's, it's, it's like some baseball. It's, a, it's not a sport. It's some a of the best yoga practitioners have huge pot bellies. No, but, uh, no, no, sorry. Are, are, you, are you referring to the Prime Minister by any chance? <laughs> yeah, I'm try my rocks. 56 it's rocks and here we talk about the waste baby <laughs> <laughs> but, 
waist exceeds his chest measurements. I've checked that up. Oh, his chest measurements, have? his tailors, there's an article where his tailor was interviewed. His chest is 44, ah. his waist, his belly is 45. No, but so 45. Yeah. <laughs> he said, name 44, I've told you the exact. Just, just one like yours, no? People like Dorian Yates and you know the top of the, the, the best ever Mr. Olympias, they have chests that are like 58, 60. I mean, Hamara to bhai. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Now let's end with, uh, uh, despite being a woman, yeah. was it sexist or were we just, uh, we being, you know, those of us who are called liberal, being, although I personally don't think it was sexist, I'll just come to that later. But why don't you start with uh, Hartosh? Do you think it was sexist? I am a great admirer of the man. He never says anything wrong. You know? <laughs> he is just brilliant. He was right on. He meant it as a compliment. He was not being patronizing at all. <laughs> he was just saying what came to his mind often that people can sometimes make mistakes when For the slightly the first thing. not so bright among you uh, listening, uh, Hartosh is being completely sarcastic. But seriously, Hartosh, you want to tell us a little bit about you? you think that those who were saying that you know, a lot of people have said something like that. It, it isn't necessarily sexist, it's just... I mean, I don't know whether... The question is whether it's sexist or not. Was it patronizing? Mm. Yes, I mean, Indira Gandhi won the war against Bangladesh despite being a woman. As soon as you put it in that framework, you know, when you are in that position, you've already proved something by coming to the top. Whether you're a dynast or not, you've won an election, you have governed a country, you're doing what you need to do. How does it matter whether you're a woman or a man at that stage? Anand? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually found it sexist. Hmm. And uh, I think I, I, I tweeted, uh, I think, soon as the news broke, and, hmm. I, and I, I gave that analogy, you know, that, you know, if Nehru lost us the uh, war despite being man, <laughs> <laughs> and Indira Gandhi won us the war. It just sounds silly. You know, uh, you don't say such mm, things. Mm. However, I do accept that Hillary, I mean, later on it transpired that Hillary Clinton said exactly the same thing about Mamata, mm. that despite being a woman, mm. she threw the communists out. Mm. Um, I think this is one of those things that, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino would say, Tarantino would say, you know, every five seconds. Mm. But to say it publicly is another matter. So, you know, right. I mean, it's like one of those N-words mm. that exist, but we should not say it. Mm. But um, what, what actually was more worrying was that he said it in the run of things, so mm. he did not think about it. Mm. So if you analyze it a bit more, if we wish to, that means that this is kind of an entrenched Yeah, the thought. default setting of men in politics. Which I is worrying, you know, which is, worrying. which is not Manisha, the right thing. Sexist. sexist. Yeah? Yeah, it no two ways. For me, it's just, see, again, sexism need not be something as, I mean, it's just casual sexism, and you don't yeah. expect that. From and do you think... I mean, would you draw a distinction between when Hillary Clinton says it and there's no outrage and when Modi says it, there is outrage? Why? Know, actually, that's a more uh, ridiculous comment to make. I don't know why there was any outrage. Because Despite women can't be communists, no? They're sliding only throughout a woman. But she can be white <laughs> imperialist. I don't know. No, but tell me, do you think there's a distinction uh, when uh, Hillary says it and when Narendra No, women can it? be sexist too. No, no, I'm just saying, no, no, what I'm saying is yeah. thanks. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just no, saying. of course, if she says something like that, it is ridiculous. No, why it's did, no, no, of course, it's ridiculous. What we're saying is the press did not react. The point react. is, why did, why does our chappanans ki chhati wala hero get the kind of thrashing he does, whether Hillary? You should have asked this question when Hillary said this. No, you didn't ask us the question when Hillary said it. We would have given the same reaction. I didn't even know. No, this happened in 2011. No, that time it was Twitter, I guess. This happened in 2011 when she had visited Calcutta. And Barkha, I saw the interview, and let me just say this: that for a woman, it is still more acceptable because you know you immediately take the discussion to is there a glass ceiling? Is there you know? So I actually watched that video of Parkha interviewing Hillary again and about 10 minutes were devoted to you know what the world thinks of women and how hard it has been and you know and Barkha was also asking well would uh, would America accept a woman president so yeah. I mean the whole uh, you know kind of a simmering uh, uh, you know underline was this that how hard it is for a woman now well, if we were to take it to what I mean, really psychoanalyze it to, you know, till uh, Freud's cows come home, mm. is that maybe Narendra Modi meant that? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I mean, you know, people were saying, oh, but, and again, you know, uh, people may accuse me, you and Mihir may accuse me of going for data. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, the HD um, human development indicators of Bangladesh, as far as women are concerned, are much better, better than, than India. Mm. Sure. So for people to say, oh, women are subjected to cruelty in Bangladesh and they don't, I'm sorry, you know, about five or six of those really priceless indicators, Bangladesh is That's much better. That's because in Bangladesh, mm. they don't worry about their weight and they drink their milk. <laughs> 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 Tell me, Arunab, sexism or not? 
think it was Calvary sexism that 70% of Indian men are guilty of and 90% above 40 are guilty of. That so, it takes care of the data, <laughs> certainly. Spoken like justice, I know. I just like to point out to our listeners who are not watching this. Arunab said 70% of men are guilty of, and then looking at Santosh Anand and me, Indian men are guilty of. I don't of look at anyone. I was looking that way all the while. And said 90% of above 40. So, hum to, uh, which category are you? I'm, I'm under 30. We haven't seen Maradona play. Oh dear God. <laughs> okay, but let me just add one line to it. And I, I also tweeted about this. You know, in the, in the last Republic Day parade, the whole media went gaga over an all-woman contingent. I mean, mm -hmm. it was splashed. The photograph was splashed across. I found that I was a bit uncomfortable with that as well. I mean, I thought that was a bit... You know, stating the obvious women contingent, no, all women. No, but women. I think that's important. And again, we've had this discussion. And the first, you know, Dalit Prime Minister, the first Dalit yeah, Chief Minister. Yeah. I mean, I think that is, uh, in, in optics, it's huge. It makes a big difference. But sorry, thank you. Uh, that's all we have time for. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. What did Atosh. you think? You didn't tell us about yours. Yes. I, I did. I started off by saying, I said, I didn't think it was sexist. Oh, okay. Uh, but I think that's possibly because I belong to the category that uh, Arunab says. You know, like one of those things, I stop gossiping being a woman. Yeah, you casually say it because <laughs> you're assuming men. No, I, I said but that you very can't seriously, be that because of the default settings, you know, because the yeah, settings I mean, I, you I grew up see, in. I, I didn't see it as, I mean, had it not become such this outrage thing, I would not have noticed it. And when it started trending, we have a joke. We have a joke. Despite being a woman, Kiran Vedi destroyed BJP in Delhi. <laughs> but no, I, I wouldn't have noticed it had someone not pointed out to me, I'll be honest. Yeah. Too much credit to Kiran Vedi. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, I haven't been doing this for the past many haftas, but I'd like to thank Karthik Nijhavan, who's the producer of Hafta. Uh, thank you, Karthik. He produces it. He gets all the audio stuff done. He also prepares a list of the stories that is done. Remember to pay to keep news free. When the public pays, the public is served. When corporates pay, corporates are served. So get involved, do something, and we leave you with a song dedicated to, despite being a woman of India, uh, one of my favorite songs, and it's also relevant because the Bihar uh, election is hotting up. We'll discuss that in the future. So here's to everybody. Before, Thank you. Before you play, I, ha yeah. I have to interrupt you, Avin, yeah. and then I'm sorry, and say this. Looking at uh, Hartosh's timeline, hmm. you may be you know, inclined to believe that the fellow never laughs. I think the last one hour is proof enough that he has hollered, <laughs> smiled, laughed, and everything. On so. the contrary, every time I've met Hartosh, he's laughing loudly. I that's think only at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at me, you mean. But I think that's because Twitter doesn't lend itself to, uh, you know. He's never uh, used a smiley on Twitter. That's because <laughs> people take Twitter far more seriously than they should, do you know. That is, it's, I mean, you take your dump and then Use you go on Twitter for half an hour in the morning. And Use an emoji. Them. Use an emoji. <laughs> so here's the song uh, to all the ladies in the house and also outside the house. Thank you all for joining News Laundry Hafta. See you again next week. Oh, Umania. Oh, oh Umania. Oh, Umania. of NL Hafta on newslaundry.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook.